Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this festival of the baptism of our Lord is the second reading from Romans chapter 6. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? When we were baptized into his death, we were placed into the tomb with him. As Christ was brought back from death to life by the glorious power of the Father, so we too should live a new kind of life. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who was baptized in Jordan's river, so that he might fulfill all righteousness, my beloved. Miracles are events that only God produces. And so our dear Lord Jesus Christ, during his earthly visible ministry, because he is God, he did miracles. One time he changed approximately 200 gallons of water into wine. One time he changed a raging storm on the Sea of Galilee that even frightened experienced commercial fishermen and changed it to complete calm. Another time he changed a blind man into a person who had perfect vision optically and spiritually. So many times when Jesus did miracles, he changed things. Only God can do miracles. The very first miracle was God when God changed and made something out of nothing. The psalm for today, which we alluded to in the psalm hymn, talks about God's word being like a hurricane. When it comes through, nothing can stop it, and it changes things. And the baptism of our dear Lord Jesus Christ that is depicted on the bulletin for this morning by John the Baptist, that was a miracle that changed things too because there was God the Father speaking from heaven. The Holy Spirit appeared as a dove and there is the Son of God drenched in water of the Jordan River and that miraculous event changed the world forever. So many times when Jesus did miracles, it changed things. They were one way, and he changed them to something else. Now, although you might think that God's miracles have stopped ever since Jesus ascended into heaven, they still occur daily throughout the world. And it's the theme of this, uh, this Sunday, baptism. And so we want to look in, by the way, of uh, these words of Romans chapter 6, the miracle of baptism. Every time a baptism takes place, a miracle occurs. Now, you can't see it with your eyes on the outside because it's a matter of the soul. But what happens on the outside affects what's on the inside. And so once again, by the way of these words from Romans chapter 6, let's take a look at the miracle of baptism 
and see how it converts, because it's a miracle. It converts. It changes things. But it also comforts and encourages. There you might say are also two sub-thoughts in these words for us today. You cannot do what baptism does. But be careful because you can undo what baptism did. Baptism, of course, was ordained by our Lord Jesus Christ before he ascended into heaven. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so we know that baptism is the application of plain water along with God's powerful words on a living human body which has the power to change unbelief into faith. Now the Bible gives us a whole lot of illustrations as to what baptism does. I recall just six of them this morning. First of all, the Bible says that baptism washes or cleanses. St. Peter, uh, speaking in his first letter, says, uh, Baptism is not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience towards God. In other words, baptism is not like taking a nice hot shower and you get clean, but rather it's the removal of dirt from the soul. And if that dirt from the soul is all removed, then you have a clean conscience and you can stand before God in boldness. Ananias, once speaking to St. Paul, said, Get up and be baptized and wash away your sin. St. Paul, speaking to another pastor, Titus, said, He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a washing. Baptism also gives new life, spiritual life. Just as uh, St. Paul said to Titus, it's a washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Baptism works new life. There's physical life. Talked about it when the kids are born. And then there's spiritual life that has to do with the soul when you come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Baptism gives spiritual life. Somebody once coined the phrase and says, a person who was only born once is going to die twice, physically and spiritually, in hell. But a person who was born twice, physically and spiritually through baptism, is only going to die once, and then you'll be in heaven. St. Peter, thirdly, also says, baptism saves. Water can save. St. Peter says, God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you. When all the other people were drowning, there those eight people were in the ark, and the water lifted them up, and the water saved them. And here's one of my favorites from Galatians, St. Paul. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. You ever go to a costume party? 
and uh, dress up uh, like somebody else. In fact, I happen to notice there's an ad on TV for, what is it, celebrity songs, and, and, and the celebrity singers are supposed to get dressed up in costumes, and you can't recognize them. And then eventually they have the unveiling. I once went to a costume party where, believe it or not, there was a pastor who dressed up in a costume and nobody recognized who he was. That's what it means when you are clothed with baptism. You put on only the white garment that Jesus gives you, but you are clothed with, you might say, the disguise of Jesus. One time Dr. Martin Luther says when God looks down from heaven because of what Jesus did, he sees uh, the believers, he sees a bunch of Jesuses walking around. Because we are now declared holy through Jesus' blood. Baptism covers us up with Jesus. And then this text before us today from Romans chapter 6, St. Paul says, We were buried with Christ by baptism into death. Baptism brings all and gives all the benefits that Jesus won for us by his death and burial, namely the forgiveness of sins. St. Paul says we are buried with Christ into baptism or placed in a tomb. You know, uh, water can also drown a person. We were buried with Christ in baptism. I think St. Paul is referring to immersion of baptism when you take a person and you dunk them under the water and you hold them there for a couple seconds and bring them out. When you hold them underwater, the old Adam, his sinful nature is drowned and then a new person, a believer, comes forth to live before God. So there it is. Baptism does something that you cannot do. It miraculously changes things. You were filthy with sin, it washes you clean. You were naked in sin, it clothes you in Jesus. You were perishing, baptism saves you. The old sinful nature that ruled us at birth is drowned. So why in the world do you need baptism in the first place? I don't know how many babies I've baptized, sometimes in the hospital, sometimes in church, my own, some of yours. And you do have to admit when those babies are born and God graciously gives you that healthy baby, they're so cute, aren't they? So cute on the outside. And the world that doesn't know Holy Scripture tends to uh, reflect that, that that's what's going on on the inside, that that baby is sort of morally neutral or maybe even morally good, and then you're affected by your uh, sort of a victim of circumstances wrong. Here's what the Bible describes the inside of us before baptism. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They are foolishness unto him he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned on our own all the things in the bible are foolishness to us saint paul says as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins we had no more ability to respond to god's message than a a corpse in a casket St. Paul says the sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not permit God's law, uh, submit to God's law, nor can it do so. We were actively born, actively hating God. 
Now, these are things that are foreign to the human mind, but that's what God says. You are born sinful and hating God and on the way to hell unless God takes action. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Any relationship that we have with God is His doing, not our own. But you know, for all of us sitting here today, that's all a thing of the past. Many of us were baptized years ago. Did you ever get out your baptismal certificate and look at the date? Oh my goodness. We don't hate God anymore. His word is not foolishness to us. We are not dead in sin, but we are alive in Christ. Through our God-given faith, we are saved. So what does baptism have to do with us now? Baptism also comforts us. Have you ever had a time or a day in your life where you didn't really feel like a very good Christian? Perhaps you did something, or perhaps it was something that you left undone that you said, I don't know if God can ever forgive me for that. Or perhaps it was a time in your life when you didn't feel like your faith was very strong at all, and you didn't know how God could love you anymore. One time Jesus' own disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. In those times when you are down... It's at those times that we can say, I've been baptized. God loved me so much that he reached down to me and claimed me as his own. He did it all because he loved me. And as his child, he will continue to love me. It's not what I did, but what my God has done for me. And so baptism comforts us. Not only does baptism convert and change things or comfort us, it also encourages us. St. Paul says, We were therefore buried with him or placed in a tomb through baptism into death. Believe it or not, in your life there's already been a death and a burial. That time when we used to be joined at the hip in our addictive relationship with Satan as the first love of our life is all over. It stopped at baptism. That unbelieving era of your life is a thing of the past. That part of your history is dead and buried. Been there, done that, don't want to do it again. That relationship is dead. Why would you ever want to go back to that old relationship of love towards Satan or that existence of unbelief? And so St. Paul encourages us this morning by reminding us that no, you can't do what baptism does, but be careful because you can undo what baptism did. God doesn't want us going around saying, you know, I've been baptized. And there are some people like that. I've been baptized so I can live any way I want to. I know all that stuff. Don't have to go to church. Don't have to listen to God. I've been baptized. Wrong. 
when you start to detach and reattach, things go wrong. When Christians detach themselves from the voice of the Lord and reattach themselves to the idols of the world, unbelief can set in. And idolatry is the biggest temptation and sin of our time. And that also includes self-idolatry because you know what the biggest idol of all time is? Me. And the devil uses that to pull us away from Jesus. And here's how it works. The only thing that matters is now. The past is totally irrelevant and doesn't have any importance for me. The future is totally irrelevant and doesn't have any importance for me. Now is all that matters. And the only thing that matters now is whether or not I'm happy. And if I'm not, then I'm going to do everything and anything that I possibly can to get happy now. And that's nothing more than dangerous self-centered idolatry. And it's the sin of our time, and it was the sin of Adam and Eve, and uh, the devil really never has anything new. He just sort of repackages the old uh, and brings it out in different forms. But you know, when you get right down to it, that's what God's Word is all about. The past matters. Jesus hung on a cross because of you. Without the shedding of blood, you have no future. There really is a heaven and a hell, and you will have to face one or the other someday in the future. So make plans for the future now. Now is the time to think about the past and the future. And when you do, it changes your whole way of thinking about the now. Now is the time to believe. God graciously attached himself to you in baptism. He doesn't want you detaching yourself from him and reattaching yourself to the idols of the world. You heard his voice for the very first time when he thundered through the waters of baptism. And he wants you to continue to listen to his voice every day because he has so much to say to you. Do not worry about your life and what you will eat or drink. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. God can guard you so that you don't fall and said so that you can be full of joy as you stand in his glorious presence without fault. So continue to listen to the voice of your Lord Jesus. In baptism, it converted you. Now, it comforts you and encourages you. Baptism produced miracles. And may God keep that miracle alive in you. And God grant that for Jesus' sake. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.
And since we already confessed our faith earlier in the service, we take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.